Hey everyone, and welcome to the Healthy is Hot podcast. I'm your host, Chloe Wilde. Entertainment reporter by day, sweatpant connoisseur by night. From hashtag to movement, we believe that loving all sides of you is what's healthy. And healthy is hot. Join us as we have raw, real conversations with badass individuals living passionate lives, thriving to make their dreams come true, and diving deep into how they got to where they are. And the best part? How health is a key component of all of it. From the highs to the lows, we get into it. From fitness to mental health to aspirational careers, get ready to be inspired. Also, we don't hold back. There might be swearing, there's definitely gonna be some laughing, and hopefully, you can take something away from these conversations to live your best life. To live your healthiest hot life. So excited to have Kim, who is a health and wellness coach, on the podcast this week. She is the founder of Picky Diet because guess what? She's pretty picky. And after chatting with her, I realized that maybe we should all be picky with what we put into our bodies. We only get one, so why not make it the best? She is all about plant-based nutrition. So hear me out, even if you're not vegan, I'm not either, I still think this is a really worthwhile chat for you to check out because we cover all kinds of topics, misconceptions about going plant-based. Are you gonna get enough calcium? What about B12? She serves up some amazing ideas on delicious meals we can all make, whether you're plant-based or not, because the thing with what she's suggesting is that we eat whole foods that are good for us. And I gotta tell you, at the end of the chat, I was starving, so hungry. But I think my biggest takeaway, and this is for all my fellow popcorn lovers out there, um, I'm a sucker for stovetop cooked popcorn. I don't know if I just said that right. Put a little coconut oil, put your kernels in, let it pop. But then I go the unhealthy route and I typically put the chemical flavoring on top. I'm a sucker for the ketchup seasoning, but I've been trying to make healthier choices and Kim, open my eyes to nutritional yeast. It's a weird, gross name, but oh my gosh, is it ever delicious on top of popcorn. Okay, I'm officially salivating again, so I'm gonna stop talking and let you guys enjoy this week's episode of the Healthiest Hot Podcast with Kim. Well, Kim, thank you so much for doing this. We are in an interesting time right now with the COVID-19 pandemic, but that doesn't mean that we can't rally together and continue to do what we love and spread our passions, and yours is definitely being an integrative health coach in the plant-based world. And I'm really excited to talk to you because um, we recorded one of the episodes of The Healthiest Hot uh, Show, and one of them was all about plant power. And so I got to do a food crawl in Vancouver and we hit up all of these amazing restaurants. And the point was to showcase that you can eat plant-based meals and still feel incredibly satisfied get all the beautiful tastes in the world that you could ever imagine. And then after that, we went to this amazing animal sanctuary and I just fell in love with all of the creatures that I interacted with. And filming that show back in November really had such a long lasting impact. And I really am trying to make more mindful choices when it comes to my my meal choices. So even though I'm not fully plant-based, I definitely like to have plant-based meals in my diet. So I have so many questions about how to get into it and how to break it down. But before we get to my very selfish questions, because I really, really want to know, I'd love to learn more about you and how you kind of found yourself on this journey and on this path. 
Yeah, so um, thank you. I went plant-based 11 years ago for my health. I was struggling with severe cystic acne. Um, I had really bad digestive problems. I was bloated all the time and I had zero energy. And at the time, I honestly had no idea that there was a connection with food. I thought I was eating more or less a pretty healthy diet. I had a very busy job in the corporate world living in Chicago. And after trying every medicine possible from every traditional doctor, I ended up seeing a naturopath. And again, this was a while ago, so it wasn't, I had never gone before and not really anyone had heard much about it, but uh, she suggested a food sensitivity test. And I remember saying to her, I don't, I don't think I'm eating anything wrong. And uh, she said, well, let's just give it a try. So we did and came back. The results were dairy was off the charts. And she looked at me, she goes, I think you'd do best if you never ate dairy again. <laughs> and I feel like I just stared at her. No more ice cream, no more milk, no more yogurt, no more cheese. But you're good. Yeah. What do you, like, what do you even do? And again, 11 years ago, there wasn't a wall of like plant-based milks from every possible like nut and seed possible. Like there was, it was soy, soy, or soy. Like those were your options. Or you're going to put orange juice in your Cheerios. Like I had <laughs> no idea. I really was lost. And, but I wanted to just, like, I was trying to help myself. I was trying to get out of the slump because I couldn't work and I couldn't live my life. So I, haven't had dairy since that day. I just went for it. I remember being at the restaurants and all the things that I used to order, you know, you go to an Italian restaurant, you're like, okay, so no caprese, no like kind of vodka. Like it was going downhill quickly, but I stuck with it. And once I started to see the changes in my health, like my bloating went away almost right away. My digestion cleared up. My energy started to come back. I had that moment, like that aha moment of how much food is connected to what we do. Was it difficult though? I mean, you sound like you were committed obviously to cutting out dairy, but mm -hmm. was it hard? It was, it was definitely hard. It was, it was hard at first. And you know what it is? And I, I say this a lot to my clients is that it's just our habits. Like we were brought up, uh, you know, in a time where we put milk in our cereal and we have yogurt and granola for breakfast. And, you know, we were taught that, you know, milk or dairy is our best source of calcium. And we think, well, we want to grab some good protein. We'll have Greek yogurt. And it's just how things kind of become habits in our life from when we're young. And as we, if we can start to try and change those habits, I, I like to use the term crowding out because like eliminating something is super hard. Mm -hmm. Like if you come home every day and have cheese and crackers as your snack, you can't just not do that right? Like it might work for a day or two. So you have to kind of crowd things out. And for me, it was a matter of figuring out what went in those places. 11 years ago, there weren't a million different kinds of cheeses that I could fill in that place. So it was okay. Like, am I going to have some veggies and hummus or some crackers and almond butter? Like what else was going to give me that creamy kind of taste or texture without um, being dairy? So yeah, it was, it was hard. I really struggled and I, I kind of, as I started researching more about dairy and I actually ended up reading this great book by Chris Carr called crazy sexy diet. And it was about how she put herself basically into remission from an uncurable cancer through a plant-based diet. I remember I read the book and I was like, I was hooked. I'm like, if I got rid of dairy and I feel this good, how amazing am I feel if I go fully plant-based? So those were, those were the baby steps for you. I'm going to have to check out that book. Mm -hmm. it's, it's a bit older now and it's, it's extreme. Like I wouldn't say I followed it word for word. She's got a pretty intense like cleanse and a lot of juices and things like that. So I wouldn't say I followed it step by step exactly, but I really took what she was saying about, you know, 
all the different inflammatory foods and the cholesterol and all those sorts of things. And I was like, okay, I'm done. I'm going to cut it all out. So interesting to hear that you struggled with cystic acne because as we're doing this remote podcast, I'm staring at your face. I'm like, her skin is beautiful. Like you have beautiful, luminous, radiant skin. And yet there was a time when that wasn't the case. And because of everything that you've been through, you're attributing diet really to a big part of that because having cystic acne is, is I imagine very difficult, right? It's, it probably affects your self-confidence, the way you walk into a room. Um, and that really is the first thing people see when they, they look at you, they look at your face. So if there's something that you don't feel comfortable with, um, and if you can change that through your diet, I think that's a really beautiful holistic way to get that kind of change that you're craving. Yeah. Well, thank you. Um, it's funny. People say, well, do you have before pictures? And I said, well, no, I don't have any. Cause I, I would like duck out of a picture. If I was giving a presentation at work, I would be up so early putting on makeup. I'd be washing my face all the time. And I did, I tried antibiotics. I tried a bunch of different things. And the only thing that made a difference was changing my diet. And now it just, it's something that used to sort of consume my whole day, how, you know, checking the mirror or feeling my face, feeling sore and being embarrassed too. It doesn't cross my mind at all. Wow. Wow. Mm -hmm. And so from cutting out milk to reading that book to choosing to go full on in the plant-based world, how long was that transition for you? Well, the dairy I cut out right away. I'd say the rest of it probably took me about two or three months just to get a handle on it because I was, I had a big corporate job. And so I was out for a lot of business lunches and a lot of dinners and I was traveling. And so when I was at home, I could, I could manage it really well. When I was out, especially, you know, traveling, it was a little bit difficult. So I feel like that took me the longest till I started realizing I have to bring, you know, my own food to a lot of places or so lots of times I'll have in my purse, like a little uh, container of seeds and nuts. So if all I can get is a salad, I'll just like, like silently throw it on when no one's looking. So I'm like, I gotta get some protein on the salad people. I love that. I'm someone who always has snacks on me because you just yeah. never know when your blood sugar is going to drop or you need a little energy boost or you're starting to get hangry. But especially if you're someone who follows uh, a plant-based diet, you might find yourself in a position where there's not many options. And I think about, especially since filming that show in November, I really do always look at menus with a, a new set of eyes now. I'm always curious. I'm like, do they cater to people that choose to be plant-based? Do they cater to vegetarians? And there is more and more options, but there's still a lot of places where it's pretty darn hard to find something on the menu that doesn't contain dairy or animal products. I mean, it's hard, but I think we're, we're definitely starting to see a shift. So for you, 11 years ago, no wonder you had to bring around your nuts and your seeds so that you weren't just eating lettuce everywhere you went on these work trips. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, the West, when you were out on the West Coast, the West Coast is definitely ahead of all of us with regards to having lots of plant-based options. But I feel even like in the Toronto area, we're doing really well. I always say to people, if, you know, try to look at the menu ahead of time to see if there are going to be some options. And if not, sometimes you have to get a little creative. Like if there's, you know, beans in one dish and, you know, veggies in another, can they put something together for you? If it's not looking good at all, I always recommend to call the restaurant and uh, they're usually happy to put something together. And I, but I think more and more everyone's starting to come around to this, that it's not just a trend, like it's, mm -hmm. it is a healthier a healthier way. And you don't even have to be fully plant-based to enjoy going somewhere for a plant-based meal. Oh no. Some of my, some of my favorite restaurants 
are plant-based restaurants. And it's not necessarily always the healthiest meal either. Sometimes you can get some really delicious comfort food in a plant-based restaurant, and then you can also go very healthy. And I think that's another thing too, because when I, one of my friends went uh, plant-based a long time ago, before it was trendy, and I think she went about it in a very unhealthy way. Her skin kind of color change. She had very low energy. And I think it's because there was just less education about how you can go about being plant-based in a healthy way, because it can be very unhealthy if you don't do it in an intelligent way, in a way that you have all of the, the necessary ingredients and nutrients to give your body the best fighting chance it has to go out there and be its best self, because it can easily just be a bunch of pasta or on the other end, just a bunch of lettuce leaves and then you're under eating. So how can you make sure that you are doing a plant-based regime in a healthy way rather than an unhealthy way? Yeah. So first of all, you want to make sure that you're basing your diet on plants. That's what plant-based means. <laughs> You're like, oh, girl, it's actually really simple. It's called eat your plants. <laughs> but we're, you know, and so making sure that you're sticking to whole, real, natural, fresh foods as much as possible, you know, and leaving that the substitutes or the, um, you know, the plant-based foods like the Beyond Meat and all that sort of stuff, like kind of leaving that as a treat, just as you would think if you're eating a standard diet, trying to keep your packaged and processed foods to a minimum, even plant-based or vegan foods, packaged foods, they're still packaged processed foods. They're not, you know, they're not any healthier for you. So you want to think about obviously fruits and veggies, um, beans, seeds, nuts, lentils, whole grains. Um, those are your real basic foods that you want to be eating the most of the time and then making meals out of them. So, you know, obviously a salad, but making sure you're getting protein in your salad. So whether that's adding in some beans, adding in some quinoa, um, quinoa is easy because you just make it, it takes 20 minutes on the stove. You can keep it in your fridge for four days and you can put it on anything. It's a complete protein. So you get all your amino acids that you need. Um, and that's an easy way to get, you know, nice balance. You want to think about getting lots of different colors of veggies. They all have different nutritional components. Um, and my go-to always, my go-to is a power bowl. Doing okay, power bowls. There's like a science behind making a power bowl. So like what, what is your dream power bowl? Because I feel like I see so many blog articles, so many influencers posting about their power bowls, but like what makes a power bowl powerful? So I need you to, yeah. I need you to break it down. Okay, so let's break it down. And I think a Power Bowl is the easiest plant-based meal you can make. So you wanna break it down, you wanna have a protein. So you think either beans like chickpeas or black beans, or you have some lentils in there, or maybe you have um, some tofu or tempeh, and then that's like your protein source. And then you've got a whole grain like brown rice or quinoa, which aside from you know having the good carbs in it, they also have a lot of protein in them as well. So you have those, and then you have your veggies, so you can, roast your veggies, you can have fresh veggies, you can steam them, you can do whatever you like with them. So that's kind of your three components. And then your next component is greens. So whether you add in a fresh handful of arugula, whether you saute up some kale um, or some spinach, some bok choy, and then you add in a healthy fat. So you slice up some avocado or you sprinkle on some pumpkin seeds, and then you need to have a sauce. So when you're eating plant-based, um, sauces are very key. <laughs> I kind of tend to eat a lot of the same things. So changing up your sauces um, really make it just more interesting. Mm -hmm. So my go-to sauce for a power bowl is just mixing hummus and lemon juice. Hummus and lemon juice. Easiest sauce ever. 
Mm -hmm. yeah. I, I love hummus. So you are speaking my language right now. Yeah. Just mix it up with a fork so like it's kind of more of a sauce. Like I don't have like actual ingredient levels and then just sprinkle that on top. And so, but that's like the basics. And then you have, you're getting literally all the nutrition you need. You're getting protein, you're getting nutrients and veggies or nutrients and vitamins from the veggies. You're getting healthy fats. Um, and you can, you can do anything. You could do like a Southwestern bowl. So you do brown rice, black beans, sweet potatoes, and maybe do like salsa and some avocado, or you could do more of like an Asian inspired one. So you could do like bok choy as your greens with maybe some carrots and some snow peas, and maybe your protein's more of like an edamame and put sesame oil or rice vinegar on it. I'm salivating. Yeah. <laughs> like, this all sounds so good. And I think what the beauty of this power bowl, no wonder you love it so much is you can have it seasonally, right? Like you, you yeah. might as well go out and get the vegetables that are in season. You can yeah. do a warm one, you can do a cold one. Like the, it sounds like the possibilities are truly infinite with this, as long as you kind of hit those, those requirements. Yeah. I think it was like five or six of them that you said, but that's, that's wicked. Yeah, no, you, yeah, you can. In the winter, you could do like squashes and keep it really hearty. And then in the summer, you could do like cucumbers and tomatoes and like red onions, you know, kind of that fresh feeling um, with some arugula and quinoa. Yeah. And you can make this, it sounds like, oh my God, I don't want to come home from work and make this big bowl. It's not that hard. If you prep your quinoa, you know, 20 minutes on the weekend, you roast a whole bunch of veggies while that's going on. Um, and you've got, you know, your greens ready to go. You can throw this together really easy, 10 or 15 minutes. I think no matter what nutritional choice you make for your body or your lifestyle, meal prepping is the best way to stay on track. Whether you're plant-based or not, do, do your homework prep yeah. on the weekends, prep on whatever day you have a little bit of free time and have leftovers. And then it will make it that much easier to stick to it rather than taking something out of the freezer and popping it in the oven or going to get that Beyond Meat burger somewhere. Because those things are, you're right, they should be treats. They shouldn't be our, our daily go-tos, especially if you're new to eating plant-based and you're like, oh, I'll just go get that Beyond Meat burger every single day. Well, it's like, okay, yes, you are going plant-based, but you're not necessarily doing it in a very healthy or sustainable way, nor are you really learning you know, the tricks of the trade on how you can do this for a long period of time rather than just going and, and taking the easy way out and throwing your credit card down. Well, exactly. Yeah. That's going to be more expensive. Mm -hmm. First of all, and second, you're not going to, if you're hoping to see the health benefits from a plant-based diet, if you're looking for less inflammation, um, you know, clear skin, more energy, all the amazing things that come along with it, disease prevention, um, subbing, subbing it out for just vegan fast food is not going to give you what you're looking for. I, uh, I've been loving seeing the reaction. I don't know if you had a chance to see it. I think it's called Game Changers. Mm -hmm. It's a Netflix documentary. And that documentary, there's been so many amazing ones that have been out there on, on going plant-based and the benefits that it has. But because of Healthy is Hot and just the fitness community that I'm in, there's always this big misconception that if you are someone who loves to play sports or you're very fitness focused or you're a professional athlete, that going plant-based is not the right route for you because historically speaking, it's been drink your raw eggs, have your protein powder, eat boiled chicken every day. And, you know, we've been kind of, we've been told these messages for decades, if not longer. And now this documentary, along with many other documentaries and articles are coming out saying, no, well, actually there's another way and it might actually benefit you more. So do you ever have people coming up to you and saying, well, no, like I'm too athletic to want to go plant-based or you have these other types of misconceptions about going plant-based? Yes, for sure. Um, and I, I, la I touched on that video because I have to say since that came out, um, 
the amount of men that have come up to me about plant-based eating that never would have before and are like, hey, I'm really interested in plant-based. I'm like, oh, did you watch Game Changers? Like, it was such a different, and I like that it was based on, you know, physical activity and, and fitness and performance because it did give a different view on plant-based eating as opposed to just, oh, these people are having their green drinks and whatever else. So I do think it was really positive to show the health benefits, but yes. Oh my God. Oh yeah. I mean, look, you want to, you want to get men to get excited, tell them their junk will be bigger and longer and stay longer. And they'll be like, Oh, I'm sorry. What, what is this plant-based? I'm sorry. Where do I get the tofu? Like, yeah, they're, they're all over it. I really loved it too, because it showed, it showed immediate effects. Like, I, I can't remember exactly what scene it was, but it was like the, the guys, the athletes, they ate uh, a plant-based meal the night before, right before a workout, and then they did something and they were able to exert way more energy. Like the benefits of feeding your body good whole foods that come from Mother Earth um, that are plants is, I mean, it's hard to ignore. The science is there. Oh yeah, 100%. People, you know, people get so, I mean, the elephant in the room all the time when talking about plant-based diet is protein. Mm-hmm. which, you know, everyone jokes about, like, nobody cared about my protein till I became plant-based. And it is kind of <laughs> true. We get so, you know, caught up in this, where are you getting your protein? Well, first of all, plants have protein. Like, if you think about a gorilla or a rhinoceros, like, they're so strong. All they eat are plants. So it's kind of interesting because you get, when you eat protein from plants, you kind of cut out the middleman. I mean, the animals got the protein from the plants, and then yeah. you ate the animal. So you're kind of just cutting out all the other stuff that came along with it. But there are tons of great sources of protein and we don't need to overload on it depending on your activity level. If you're just a healthy, you know, good activity level, you know, works out every day kind of thing, you don't need to overdose on protein unless you're working on like a weightlifting championship or something like (laughs) that. You can get all the protein you need from a healthy plant-based diet. You know, oatmeal for breakfast, oats are full of, of protein. So have them with some seeds and nuts um, or some nut butter. And then, you know, talking about the power bowls, those have tons of protein in them and you can do different things with them. Uh, Another good thing that I've been working with a lot of my clients on is switching over their pasta because that's kind of an easy go-to to to like a lentil or chickpea pasta. Oh. And you went from having barely any protein to like a lentil pasta has almost 20 grams of protein per serving. So, I mean, that's a super yeah. easy change. Oh, yeah, because pasta, you can, yeah, there's eggs in pasta. Mm-hmm. A lot but, of the fresh pasta. this plant-based that I'm like, I forget about some of these things. But yeah, but there are, it's, yeah, there's definitely alternatives. So I definitely don't think fear of protein should be limiting you if you're curious about going plant-based. Uh, calcium, what about calcium? Mm, yeah, and calcium, of course, you know, most of us grew up with commercials telling us that Milk does a body good and it's your best source of calcium. And I try to separate it that yes, dairy has calcium, but it's not a good source of calcium mm. um, because dairy is so acidic and so inflammatory. It's actually hard for us to absorb that calcium. Um, and so a better choice is to actually get your calcium from plants. So um, almonds, very, very high in calcium. Broccoli, make sure you cut up your stem. Like look how strong that stem is. That's got tons of calcium in it. Um, oranges, chia seeds, sesame seeds. So tahini, tahini, which is sesame seed paste, kind of like almond butter, but sesame seed butter, um, that's loaded with calcium. So if you were to make like a sauce for your power bowl with just some tahini and some, you know, maybe a little apple cider vinegar and some salt and pepper, that's a great way to get it. But something we don't have to be concerned about. There was actually a nurse's study. I don't have the exact numbers in front of me, but 
they did it between the same amount of women eating dairy and the same amount not eating dairy. And there were actually less cases of osteoporosis and bone breaks in the people that were eating plant-based. Wow. Yeah. Even just the, the things you listed that have calcium, I consider myself, you know, someone who likes a lot of good information. I, I, I research, I like to read the latest articles, but the calcium thing really that's news to me that it's in almonds and sesame seeds and broccoli stems. Do you know how many broccoli stems I've thrown out in my life? I need to start chopping them up and doing something with them because yeah. in my mind, calcium is from dairy. Yeah. Like the, the propaganda my whole life has really just ingrained itself in my brain. And I need to reteach myself, relearn the fact that there are many sources of calcium, including yeah. broccoli. Broccoli. You're yeah. okay. But another obviously component that people always talk about is vitamin B12. So mm -hmm. we shed some light on that and how like the best way to go about getting it if you decide to go fully plant-based. Totally. So um, the reason that you can't get as much B12 on a plant-based diet is because B12 is actually a bacteria-based vitamin. And when you stop eating a lot of animal products, you stop eating a lot of bacteria. So um, it's no, it's not a reason to not go plant-based. You just you most likely, if you're going to go all the way, you need to supplement. So um, there's a million supplements out there, you know, thousand micrograms is all you need and they don't really have any side effects, but you can also um, get it from a food called nutritional yeast, which I have heard that nutritional yeast is amazing on popcorn. It is so good on popcorn. And it's I'm so someone who loves popcorn. Like it is my treat. Like I'm good without chips. I'm good without all of it. But popcorn, homemade popcorn with coconut oil as like the cooking base is amazing. But I use the really bad chemically flavored stuff on top to make it flavorful. But someone the other day was like, oh, did you know that nutritional yeast has a similar flavor to popcorn seasoning? And I didn't believe them. But now I have you an expert. Yes. So <laughs> you got to do it. Do it. Do that. And then have you ever seen the, the like herb mare? It's like spices. It's a bunch of different spices kind of one. Put that on with the nutritional yeast and a little bit of coconut oil. Oh my God. Like text me. You're going to love it. Nutritional yeast. Like, is that something you find in the fridge, in the pantry? Um, yeah. So as a side note, coming from a marketing background, whoever called it nutritional yeast, like that was a disaster. It's, it's, Why? it's not the most um, appealing name no. in the world. Nobody wants to eat yeast. Like Anyway, so a little background. <laughs> it should be called like really delicious dairy-free Parmesan. Oh my gosh. See, you, I'm sold. Yeah. See, if you called it that, if people were like, oh, dairy-free Parmesan, I'd know exactly what to do with it. But that's what you do with it. So you could use it anywhere you usually would Parmesan. Put it on your pastas, put it on your salads, put it on your roasted veg. I love it if I make like a baked potato and I just put like a little bit of olive oil and nutritional yeast, salt and pepper and just like mash it all up. It's so good. But anyways, um, so it's an inactive yeast. It doesn't like expand in your body like a, like a rising yeast or anything like that. And it's basically just flakes. It has kind of a cheesy flavor and it's extremely high in B12 and all the other B vitamins. So good for energy. Um, I would say you'd have to eat it every day if you wanted to get the correct amount of B12. So that's what I'm saying to supplement, but adding it in is a great way to get all your energizing B vitamins. I mean, my popcorn game has just changed drastically. And I have a feeling even with this COVID pandemic, I think there's going to still be nutritional yeast in the grocery stores because I, right, whoever named it, they really shit the bed. They really did. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> that, that, that market, I was like, Oh my God, like who were you guys going to try to do an ad campaign on this? Like disaster. So you can find it. You can find it at most, I say like regular, big, bigger grocery stores, definitely at more of a health 
centric store. Um, you can usually find it kind of with all like the healthy gluten-free flours. Mm. So sort of in that area, um, it's shelf stable. You can keep it on the shelf. I love it. I, I, I really am. I mean, this is my personal biggest takeaway from this is how my popcorn game has just changed because I feel awful when I use the chemically flavoring, but I just love it so much. So this Yeah. Is Look at the, that you will go from like all those chemicals to all these like energizing, beautiful B vitamins. Like, yeah. And there's protein in it too. Done. I mean, done. Guys, done. what are substitutions we can make? What about, okay, so I love to bake. My boyfriend is obsessed. I make these homemade banana muffins with like whole wheat flour and coconut oil and there's no refined sugar, but there's eggs. So for yeah. someone who likes to bake, I know that there are substitutes out there, but what would you say to people who are like, well, I would never do it because I love baking. And like, how am I going to make a birthday cake without milk and eggs? Yeah. Okay. So first of all, I'm going to be totally transparent that I'm a terrible baker. So, <laughs> I just want to like, I'm not like, I, 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 it's just, it's not, I'm not great at it. So, um, I'm going to give you the best advice I can. <laughs> and since we can't go out to a lot of places right now, I was going to say, just go buy your baked goods, your vegan baked goods. But, um, so what you can do, you can replace up to two eggs with what's called a flax egg. Okay. So you take ground flaxseed, it has to be ground up, it can't be the whole flaxseeds. And just public service announcement, always keep your ground flaxseed in the fridge because it can go rancid. So whole flaxseeds are fine, ground in the fridge. So you take a tablespoon of ground flaxseeds and three tablespoons of water, and that equals one egg. Oh, great. And you kind of just mix it together and let it sit for like 10 minutes. And the flaxseed will absorb the water and it'll, like, it'll kind of become the consistency of an egg, so it'll kind of hold it together. Mm -hmm. Now. You can't make like a three egg omelet with this. Like this is just Oh perfect. God. <laughs> Don't do that. Don't do that. Don't do that. Don't try it. No, this is just for baking. Maximum of two eggs. I find that's the best substitute. Yeah. Um, I do. I have made muffins or cookies with that and that has worked out. So, but there's a lot, there's a, these days there are so many great, um, there are great vegan bakers that aren't me, plant-based bakers. So certainly you can look some stuff up online and there are some really good recipes. I love that you've been doing this for 11 years and I don't think you're going to be stopping anytime soon. Mm -hmm. And you went from working in the corporate marketing world to working for yourself, helping share all of this. I mean, can you imagine doing anything else at this point? No, I can't. I can't imagine it at all. Um, after I figured myself out and went through a lot of struggles of figuring out what to eat and what to make and what I needed nutritionally and how to eat out and how to travel and how to live my life. Um, I kind of had this aha moment that I'm like, if I've struggled with all of this, there are other people doing it too. And I had, so I've been in the automotive industry for so long. I sold so many car parts. I'm like, I don't think this is helping people a lot. <laughs> I mean, breaks. Like, Imagine that, like no shade to anyone who works in the car business. You do yeah. too. But after speaking to you, I can't imagine, I can't imagine you doing anything else because you light up when you talk about this and it's clearly had such an impact in your life. Yeah. I just, I wanted to say, like, I wanted to be able to help other people and keep them from spending hours trying to research or making thing, all these different recipes or not having it work out. So I ended up going back to school um, to the Institute of Integrative Nutrition. And um, I started doing uh, personal coaching and group coaching on how to transition to going plant-based. And I work with a wide variety of clients. Some people are, you know, vegetarian, they want to go all the way. Some people have seen a naturopath like I did, and they have a dairy sensitivity and are 
egg sensitivity or allergy and they're like, I don't even know what to do. How do I feed my family? I don't want to make two meals, things like that. Um, but yeah, I just wanted to really help make this easy for people and give them like the right knowledge so that they feel confident. They can go to the store, they know what to buy. They don't have to go to like a specialty place um, or spend a lot of time on it. They can just work in their real life. So that's, yeah, that's what, that's what I do. <laughs> I mean, I think, I think you're on the right track. I definitely think you're, you're out here doing, doing what you do. And I was, I was looking on your website and one of the articles popped up um, and I think it's something that everybody will benefit from, whether they're like, oh, no plant-based or they're into it already, is having a good morning routine, setting the tone for your day. You know, what do you think are the key elements to kickstarting your day on a positive note and setting, you know, setting the right kind of energy for what you hope to accomplish that day? Yeah. And I think now, especially right now, this is needed more than ever. Um, yeah. So waking up, you know, I, I try, I do my practice in a very holistic way. So yes, we talk a lot about food and nutrition, but I really try to encompass whole body um, wellness as well. So, you know, including physical activity and stress and sleep and making sure that all of those come together because, you know, a lot of people are focused only on nutrition and you could drink all the kale smoothies you in the world. But if there are other things going on, if you're really struggling at work or you're in a bad relationship or you're not sleeping, it really doesn't matter because they all go hand in hand. So um, yes, definitely morning routine. First thing I like to say is not to look at your phone right away. Go out, get an, well, order online these days. Get yourself <laughs> an old fashioned alarm clock. Put your phone in another room or somewhere else or on airplane mode. And when you first wake up, you know, write down a couple things that you're grateful for. Start your day proactive. Because if the first thing you look at is the news or social media, you're letting those people set the tone for your day. And those first few moments are really key to getting your mind in the right place and staying on track. So write down a couple of things you're grateful for. Just keep a little journal beside your bed. It's such a beautiful way to wake up. Um, you know, maybe write down a couple thoughts for your day or a couple positive things you want to do. And then uh, have a nice big glass of uh, water or warm water, cold water, uh, maybe a little dash of lemon in there because we get really dehydrated when we're sleeping. We don't drink. Um, and so to wake up in the morning after our body's been doing all that, you know, beautiful detoxing and healing and we want to just kind of flush out our digestive system and, and get ourselves hydrated. Like we're just kind of like a plant, you know, if you haven't watered it in a while. I wake up it. so thirsty. Like yeah. most things I wake up and it feels like the Sahara desert and I'm like, what is going on? <laughs> and I go right, I keep a water bottle right next to my bed for the morning. Like I don't even get out of bed before drinking. I need to drink while I'm in bed because I'm so thirsty. Yeah. Yeah. So doing that, um, kind of setting your tone for your day, Having, you know, a little bit of water, if you have time, whatever you have time for, you know, if you have time to do get in some physical activity, if you have time for five minutes or 10 minutes of meditation, that's amazing. And then uh, what I like to say is if, if people before they jump in the shower to do a quick dry brush, um, just to get, you know, kind of get your lymphatic system cleaned out and get your skin nice and feeling good. So you just grab a couple of those like loofah gloves or a loofah or a body brush. And while you're waiting for the shower to heat up, just do a quick brush starting from your feet, working towards your heart. Um, and that just kind of just gets everything going. And especially right now when we're thinking about our immune systems, it really helps to have our lymphatic system going. I really need to get back to that. I used to do it and then I stopped. And so, yeah, my, my gloves are somewhere in this house. I should find it. And also I think there's like, other than the lymphatic drainage benefits, I think like giving yourself some physical contact, especially right now when everyone's in social isolation, some people are living alone. It's like you're giving yourself a little massage. You're giving yourself a little body hug while also getting the benefits of the lymphatic drainage. 
Totally. And it's good even if you want to, um, like emotionally, like if you want to release something, you can even think about it like as you're brushing it away from your body, you know, like I am releasing this, I am brushing this off. So yeah, find your gloves, get them out. The key to doing this every day is making sure your gloves are out because if they're in the drawer, you're just going to get in the shower. Like, oh yeah, it happens to me all the time. I am not perfect at this by any means, but you need to prepare. So basically guys have water by your bed, have your journal and a pen, your phone in another room and your gloves out. And if you can get a little motion, a little meditation before you get in the shower, do it. And I think a lot of us have way more time on our hands than we're used to. So what a great opportunity to set some new habits, especially when it comes to our morning routine. Yeah, definitely. And then of course have a healthy breakfast. Oh yeah, of course. Yeah. Okay. yeah. What's your favorite breakfast? I now know what your favorite lunch and dinners are with your macros, yeah. but what, what um, two breakfast options. Um, I love to have oatmeal, half a cup of oats with some walnuts and some blueberries, um, and some pumpkin seeds. Pumpkin seeds are great for your immune system. Lots of zinc, good for your skin too. And a little bit of cinnamon. So that's like my go-to, especially if I have a really crazy morning. Cause I know that that'll keep me full and like satisfied till you know, whenever I can. Um, and I like that in the winter cause I like a warm breakfast. So, and you can even prep, you know, you can do overnight oats, although cold oats to me are kind of gross, but I, some people love it. Yeah, I know. Just no but thing. you can just still prep your oats the night before you just put, you know, your half a cup of oats and some water in a pot with a lid in the fridge overnight. And then the morning you just heat it up for two minutes. Mm. Yeah. It's easy, really easy. So that, or in the summer when it's a little bit warmer, I like a smoothie. Yeah. A little bit of oat milk or water, a big handful of kale or spinach, some frozen fruit. And then, you know, you can put so much good stuff in there. You put a, like a quarter teaspoon of turmeric and a little bit of matcha tea and some seeds and um, just blend it all up. And that's kind of nice. If you're on the go, you can just sip it in the car or on the train. Well, I've never finished a podcast so hungry. Um, so thank you so much for that. I'm just salivating over here. I can't wait to like go dig in my fridge and cook up some delicious plant-based goodness. And also I know we're not supposed to go outside, but like I need to figure out where I can order some nutritional yeast online. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's, um, that's a necessity right now. I would do that right now. Let me know. Let me know how you like it. Kim, I can't thank you enough for this. Where can people find out more about you and everything that you're up to? Yeah. So, um, my website, you can find out, uh, more there and lots of healthy, easy recipes as well. And coaching info is pickydiet.com. And you can also find me on Instagram or Facebook, uh, on Instagram, it's picky diet wellness and Facebook, just picky diet. And, uh, yeah. So if you're on there and you want to send me a note or you have a question, um, I'm always happy to chat everything plant-based. I really love that name so much, picky diet. And before I let you go, we always end the podcast the same way. Kim, what does healthy as hot mean to you? Oh, it means just feeling so energized and good and knowing that everything you do is helping you get closer to your health goals and being happy, being happy with yourself. I love it. Well, I'm so happy we did this, so thank you. Too, that was great. Loved chatting with you. And just like that, another episode of the Healthy is Hot podcast. Once again, I'm your host, Chloe Wilde. If you enjoyed this conversation, feel free to subscribe so you never miss out. Rate and leave us a comment. Follow us on Instagram at Healthy is Hot. And remember, healthy is fucking beautiful. See you next week.